Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of the Total Soccer Show. My name is Taylor Rockwell, and today we're going to spend between 10 and 100 minutes discussing the episode of The Office in which soccer is played. To do that, I'm joined by the brilliant thinkers who put the time and effort into dissecting that episode for an actual article that was actually published up first, (laughs) making his uh, return appearance not to talk about South American football, is Felipe Cardenas. Felipe, thank you very much for being here. And always happy to be here, Taylor. Always happy. Even if we're not talking about, you know, tactics and random 20-year-olds that are coming out of South America and joining MLS clubs. So happy to talk about something different today. Yeah, I don't really know how I can just throw you a bunch of curveballs that you'll somehow be able to answer, but will still take us off on massive tangents into like Ecuador and Venezuelan football. Yeah, I mean, I'm prepared for for your curveballs. Don't worry. I always uh, <laughs> There's a few in there. Uh, also with us uh, is Mr. Brooks Peck. Brooks, thank you very much for being here. Is this, this isn't your first appearance on the Total Soccer Show, is it? No, I was actually okay. on when Ryan hijacked the show there and made a Dirty Tackle reunion That's while you right. were off That's on right. baby duty. So, yeah. That's right. <laughs> how, how was that? Was it nice to be back on the mic? Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was awesome. It, it got us talking about, you know... Big, big plans again. So nice. We'll see where those lead to. All right. Well, uh, where we are right now in terms of our big plans is discussing uh, the article that you all wrote. The uh, forgive me, I'll find the title here. The uh, the forgotten the office soccer scene with Idris Elba, a tactical analysis. I have to say a large amount of the response I've seen to this has been that we did not forget this episode. This seems to have loomed large in people's heads. (laughs) Brooks, is is that part of where this article came from that you just knew it was in the collective conscious of why did they have a random episode where they played soccer in a parking lot? Yes. I mean, as a big fan of the office and a big fan of soccer, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this, this episode always hung in my mind and I was always uh, kept an eye out for conversations about it (laughs) online or amongst friends or whatever. And the question of, you know, the big moment of Jim ducking and, and uh, Charles firing that rocket of a shot at his head um, always sparks a debate any, anywhere I see it. So that had always been in the back of my mind. And then I had seen the episode on, on TV recently because I, I watched The Office just nonstop, especially during this pandemic time. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. In terms of your like uh, collective fandom, are you all both pretty consistent Office viewers, or do you have varying levels of repeat reviewings? I think I'm a bit more avid of a viewer than Felipe was at the start yeah. of this process. I think yeah. this has gotten him back into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, my wife and I, back in the when it was still on NBC, you know, when it was a hit show, we watched it and we liked it, and then we just dropped off. Like I don't have a reason why it wasn't because I was like, oh, I didn't like season six or something like that. I just, <laughs> I just stopped watching. And so when this came up and, and Brooks kind of came up with the idea and, and included me, I, I did have a moment of like, oh, crap, like I haven't watched The Office in a very long time. Um, but to his, you know, to his point, like I started, I watched this episode, I, I've watched it several times and I just started laughing. I just remembered how good the show was, how like subtly mm-hmm. and like intelligently funny it was. Uh, and so that's, that really, you know, throughout the week of watching it and writing, um, you know, I fell upon like different episodes or I would like talk to my wife about it and we started just reminiscing and I haven't gone back and watched, you know, but I think I might, I mean, it's a good show to binge. Um, so maybe I'll do that. I don't know. (laughs) And you all mentioned some of the deleted scenes from this one. They used to have like the full season deleted scenes up and it was almost as though you had a couple more episodes. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to hear there wasn't much 
like uh, negativity between the two of you. I did envision a world in which this article came to be because you all had argued like <laughs> who actually played soccer, what happened here so vehemently. How did it come to be then? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I have been watching this show just kind of nonstop over the last year, <laughs> just over and over and over again. It's my comfort show. Whenever I need like background noise, I just put on The Office. Yep. And I, I guess after hitting this episode three or four times in the last year, um, in my you know rotation of watching the whole series, um, it just kind of clicked that we should we should do something about this. <laughs> and Felipe, were you equally impassioned when it comes to figuring out who knows what about soccer? I mean, I remember when he slacked me about the idea, I was like, what? Like, where is this coming from? Um, and, Usually his reaction when I slack him about something. Yeah. And, and I, I thought like, okay, well, maybe he just wants me to get like really tactical in a, in a funny kind of nerdy way. Uh, and, and But I think as we talked about the, the episode and we both watched it and then we had our theories, that's when it, when the story kind of took form and it kind of took off from there because, you know, I watched it and I would watch, you know, Charles Minor or Idris Elba in real life playing. And I was like, Brooks, like, he's not very good. Like that has to be <laughs> part of this. Like we need to get into the fact that his technique is not good. Um, and, and from there, I, I think it made me comfortable kind of knowing what I was going to contribute and knowing that Brooks had like a lot more background on the show. <laughs> so do you feel like, I, I, I'm assuming if people are listening to this episode, they are familiar with the series. Do we need to set the table? I know you all did a very good job of kind of explaining the backstory of this episode. What, what do you all think? Should we should we give a quick background as to what happened here, or should we just get right into it? I mean, I, I think the quick, quick synopsis is that there's a new boss. Michael Scott has left to start his own paper company. New boss comes in. Um, Andy, one of, one of the salesmen, somehow discovers, and they never explain how, that the new boss, uh, Charles Minor, is a soccer fan. Um, Charles and Andy bond over this. Andy trying to get in his good graces. And uh, the whole office joins in to try and endear themselves to the new boss. Um, who then asks Jim if he is a fan of soccer. And mm -hmm. Jim says, I'm not a fan. I'm a player. <laughs> and so Dwight, realizing that this is very not true, uh, offers up that they should have a game in the parking lot after work uh, so Jim and Charles can show off their skills and they play a game in the parking lot after work and it doesn't go well. <laughs> that That is some excellent table setting. I will add, I think Andy is wa watching a blooper compilation and maybe somebody gets hit or somebody something bad happens and he's laughing at that and that's where Charles, I think, comes in as he sees soccer on the screen and just assumes... Yeah, specifically so, soccer and not bloopers. Felipe and I are trying to figure out what that was. We're pretty yeah. sure it was a screensaver, a bunch okay. of like just images of like Premier League matches. Um, and and Charles comes by and sees it, and that's I a see. conversation. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. We, we, we had a we had a deep conversation about that. <laughs> yeah, we were breaking, breaking <laughs> that down frame by frame. <laughs> yeah, I was convinced. Uh, like, he, those are Premier League images. Like I see, this is Cristiano Ronaldo era Man U. Like I, there's a shot that I'm convinced it's him like i will i will fight for that like it is <laughs> it was cristiano ronaldo and, and to me that's like it makes so much sense for andy to be like it's probably the only league he's ever heard of yeah um and and, and perhaps even like in writing that episode it's it's these strange kind of like nods to idris elba who is a, mm -hmm. a, an open and vocal arsenal fan um and so yeah i, I think from andy's perspective he just grabbed a bunch of images that said soccer he googled soccer or he, or he googled 
English soccer or Premier League, whatever it may be, probably EPL. He's probably heard of EPL. Yeah, he definitely Googled EPL. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. EPL. And then he just made a screensaver that was rotating these images of like game, game shots. Um, and, and that's how, why he did it. I mean, I think now we know. Well, there we are. Uh, let's stick with Idris Elba for a second then, because uh, as you all say in the article, he played a, in a charity match. He is an Arsenal fan. And yet I do sort of start there with like, I can't tell if he's ever actually played soccer in this episode or if they wrote this episode because none of the cast had ever seen a soccer game and wanted him to feel uncomfortable. Because either way, it, it does feel sort of at odds with him. You would assume he knows stuff. And yet, like, if anybody I'm guessing you all are like this, that if somebody comes up to you and is very excited to tell you their theory on why the U.S. didn't qualify or why Greg Berhalter is a bad coach. You're, it's sort of instantly for me. I'm like, cool. All right. Like, <laughs> all right. And I feel like he is like totally loving that everybody is talking to him in sort of broken phonetics about their favorite players. Ma- Maradona. Like, like, there's no way that a normal person I feel like would be pumped about that. And yet Charles is. Where, where do you both land on the idea of Charles, maybe not Idris Elba, but Charles specifically being a soccer fan or knowing things about soccer? Well, we, yeah, we ha- we discussed that a lot. I think where I land is that I, I think he's a newer fan um, as of the airing of this episode. So in the, in the episode, Charles claims that he went to Germany for the World Cup, or he was in Germany mm. for the, the World Cup in 2006. And this episode aired in 2009. So this was, you know, a three-year gap between between, uh, you know, all of that. So I think he's a, a newer fan. He probably, you know, happened to be in Germany during the World Cup and, and like the atmosphere and decided he's a soccer fan now and you know doesn't really have an extensive history of playing or you know knowing the players so when someone says Diego Maradona he's like yeah I I know I know him too and they bond over that <laughs> so I think I think it's a very surface level fandom yeah I would agree I think when Brooks uh when he said that, like, it's even in the story like that, he, you know, he know Brooks knows people, knows friends that say, oh, I was in X country during XYZ international tournament. And the vibe on the street was amazing. And to them, that's being a soccer fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to agree. I think Charles Minor was probably a very good athlete in high school and college. He probably played more kickball than soccer. Uh, maybe, maybe got to junior varsity soccer, but I seriously doubt it. And, and so I, I, my theory is that he, even the show, you know, BJ Novak, who wrote the episode, I think he's like, like Charles Minor is like this microcosm of like American soccer fandom. Like we, like you know, the, the new fan that wants everyone to know they're knowledgeable and even, Hey, guess what? I even play a little bit. I mean, that to me is Charles Minor. He's not an actual soccer player, but Idris Elba you know, he does quote unquote play, you know, not great, not like a high level. Um, but in that charity match that I found, like he was very into it. He was concerned about his fitness. Um, you know, I think he was concerned about like not making a fool out of himself after the match. Like he quotes, you know, he did that about the way he played. He commits a penalty. Like he kind of looks awkward on the ball. Uh, but, but he's a true fan of the game. You know, the act, the, the actor, Idris Elba, he, he's an Arsenal fan. He's hosted several FIFA events. Uh, but I think the way, the fact that he's not a great player was part of the show was part of the idea because, uh, if, if he goes out there and he just looks like he's played his entire life, like, I don't know what, I don't know if we would have written the story. Maybe we would have, but I think the fact that he looked awkward made, made, was part of, this the plot of that of that episode 
I want to talk about that awkwardness for sure. I do want to <laughs> emphasize what you all broke down because when you're dissecting the B story of a 21 minute long episode, <laughs> you don't get as much evidence to go off of. I will say that him saying he was in Germany for the World Cup, it seems to me that when you talk to people who went to the World Cup, they use that verbiage. They went yes. to the World Cup in Germany. They yeah. they like yeah, they traveled to Germany for the World Cup. That he was in Germany to me says like he might have been there on business, and exactly. that's when he became the soccer fan. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sort of buying this idea then that he came to it late. Yeah. I'm also buying that because I have heard, and I meant to do the research on where this idea comes from, or if it's even really like a scientific idea, I'm guessing it's not. But there's an idea that similar to like how your your hips learn how to do a certain thing when you learn to dance as a kid, and at a certain point, they don't know how to do that anymore. It's why kids can learn languages better than adults can. And there is this idea that like soccer, if you haven't played it your whole life, if you didn't grow up playing it, there's this straight-legged approach that people have when they play soccer. Okay. And I've seen that coaching an adult league team where the guys have never played soccer before. You can always tell who did as a, as a younger player or as a younger person versus has never played because of the straight-legged kicking that they do and charles when he does hit the rocket of a shot credit to him he gets some power behind it it's straight legged and when they do the the paper cut passing back and forth also straight legged so my question for you is if you're drafting him into an american soccer team what level are we going with are we going full-on amateur level are we going major league soccer are we going somewhere in between <laughs> felipe let's start with you i'll ask yeah, you the difficult question first i mean like i said i think he he's I mean, he's an amateur player. Like he probably played a little bit in high school, but not like a varsity level, high level type of soccer. I think, you know, the 2006 world cup for some reason is like for, I, I interviewed a guy here in Atlanta that like, that was, he was like a 30 year old and that was the world cup that kind of did it for him. He became a fan mm -hmm. after that world cup. Um, and it's not because the U S did terrible. It wasn't because of the U S um, their performance, but just that world cup. You know, I think, Charles is, like I said, I think he's probably a better kickball player than a soccer player, you know, and, but the fact that he's probably athletic gives him that confidence. The fact that he's playing with people in the office that he probably knows right away, he looked him up and down and is like, come on, like, I'm going to own these guys. I'm going to yep. look like the soccer player. Um, he probably wears a scarf and goes to a pub and watches Premier League <laughs> you know, on the weekend. And that's him being like the fan. But as a player, Taylor, you nailed it. Like his technique is awful. It's straight legged. Uh, his balance is off. Um, and, and like I said in the story, in the end, he does not, he has no business being on, on the soccer field at all. All right. So you're putting him at, at, at amateur level at best. Brooks, do you yeah. agree? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not <laughs> a professional by any means. <laughs> now the, the other question, the character himself, does he call it soccer or does he call it football? Which of those is he? Cause he also strikes me as a person who would be like, I mean, it is actually called football, but if you all want to call it soccer, that's fine. That feels like it would have been too deep cut of a reference to put into an office episode though. He says soccer. Yeah. He, he says, says soccer. soccer. Yeah. yeah. He right. says it with like, like a, Stringer Bell accent, Baltimore accent. <laughs> there's, there's a few of those in there. <laughs> um, he also, unrelated to this, there's the episode, I think when he first meets The Office, uh, you can see him break in that episode when Kevin Malone waits like 10 seconds to say hello to him. Uh, there are moments with Idris Elba where you can tell he is English and he was not prepared for the full ridiculousness of shooting an office episode or a few episodes, I should say. I also have a theory about why he's not prepared for the ridiculousness and it relates to uh, obviously radon poisoning, but we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so, but, going, going from the wire set to the office yeah. had to be mm -hmm. a major culture shock. <laughs> well, 
I think so. I've also always like kind of wondered if there are vague references to his appearance. Because you have Amy Ryan, who's also in season two and four and a couple others of The Wire. And then, like at My- Michael at one point talks about having recently watched The Wire. And, yeah, I, and yeah. I did wonder if that was sort of set up for Idris Elba arriving. <laughs> and I kind of wish it had just been like Stringer Bell like of a different name. Yeah. I agree. I think he looks like in, in before soccer is even brought up in that episode, like there's so many, like, in my opinion, Stringer Bell type of looks from yep. Idris Elba, like the way he manages the group, the way he intimidates the group, mm-hmm. that way, the way he looks down at people, uh, sometimes just communicating with, you know, eye, eye, yep. eye contact. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, like that is so Stringer Bell. Um, and, and so, yeah, to Brooke's point, like. The the wire had ended what the season before the year before I think a year before yeah yeah so he was coming off of that and then jumping into this uh, and I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the that episode that vibe that kind of tension that that you know both the employees and Charles Minor is are are exhibiting throughout the episode. So I'm not sure I really properly warned you off for how like like into the weeds I'm willing to get when it comes to the office. <laughs> like that was part of my excitement when Alex told me you all wrote this article. It's just like, I have so many questions about the office in general, but about this episode in particular. And I'm going to ask one of them now for people who do not like the office. Uh, I apologize. And I will not blame you for turning this one off. <laughs> what do y'all think is the, like from a character standpoint, the point of this episode, are we supposed to like Charles more by the end? Or are we supposed to see like the flaws of Jim Halpert's, chemistry of his charm because i feel like they were trying to make jim not look very good but i yeah. always come away from this thinking that charles looks like uh i won't curse on the show but he does not look good i feel like he look, comes away looking like a jerk in my perspective but i'm not sure that's what they were going for i think it's a combination of the two because the whole premise originally you know from the start of charles's introduction it seemed to be to make jim no longer the golden boy because you know Michael True. thought Jim was so cool and could kind of do no wrong and always just let him do whatever he wanted, basically. So now Charles comes in and he does not feel that way about Jim. He doesn't like him. None of his endearing traits are endearing to Charles at all. And so it's just Jim suddenly kind of on his back foot and trying to actually try and endear himself to the boss. Um, and then at the same time, you also have this, the plot line of, at his first introduction, Charles seems very um, just on point and like he knows mm-hmm. what he's doing and the exact opposite of Michael and uh, just very intimidating. But as time goes on with, with his character, you kind of see later on he's like he's kind of brown nosing with um, with uh, David, David Wallace and, and sucking up to him. And, and you kind of see that maybe he's not as, as perfect as he seems. And, you know, he has his flaws, too. And I think this episode is kind of like one of those earlier hints that eh, maybe he's not perfect. Yeah. Right. I agree. The, the soccer did it. I mean, he, it was, I don't think it caught him off guard. It caught Charles minor off guard <laughs> that there was this interest in soccer and it like kind of humanized him for a second. Like he, he, he let, he, he loosened up, he was smiling. He couldn't wait to play. He suddenly he was kind of like happy go lucky. And it just like changed over, you know, a matter of seconds from like the, the previous scene, he was like, you know, like I said, owning Jim and like, uh, like really like stamping his authority on, on, on the group. And then this comes up and he just, all of a sudden he becomes like, he's giddy, he's giddy. And, and I think it, that was, that was not in his favor because suddenly he looked like he had his own flaws and, 
uh, he was willing to essentially backstab, you know, when, when Jim ducks, he immediately blames him. Right. You know? And, and so it, for a supervisor to do that to someone, you know, to, to, to a direct report, um, in, in like corporate America, that's like, that's, that's shameful. And so he suddenly looked like, what's up with this guy? You know, you think like, what's, what, what, what just happened here? And even if you're a fan of the show and you're watching, you're probably like, okay, you know that he has this, you know, the same kind of like ulterior motives that any, you know, corporate, you know, lackey would have that's trying to, like you said, like brown nosing to the supervisors. So the soccer, he thought it was going to make him kind of like look like a hero and look even more badass. And in the, yeah. in the end, it backfired. I love you both. I really do. Because <laughs> I've always like, I've always kind of been confused by what this episode was supposed to be. And, and now I think that does sort of hit the nail on the head that he comes in. Phyllis has that line, right? Like he never eats. He never drinks. I've never even seen him go to the bathroom. Like he <laughs> is this machine of a worker. Yeah. And so you think he is this like, oh my gosh, like he's going to come in and, and fire so many people because this office is so ridiculous. And then this is a, a turn into the ridiculousness itself. And I do think part of that is because like the character is that person. I think I said this to you all either in text or before we started recording, but like he's the person who shows up to pick up and demands to be the forward and won't track back and <laughs> yells when he doesn't get the ball immediately. Because even when they are kicking the uh, little paper cup around in the break room, I think most people who are showing off that they know a little bit about soccer are like going to try to meg you with the paper cup. And they're certainly not going to, once again, rip a shot through the open <laughs> and like open door into the workspace. So to me, right there, we see that he is a little bit of a blowhard, a little bit of a uh, like a jock bro who then is going to try to actually organize a pickup soccer game on asphalt, which is the other thing that I find <laughs> mind boggling about th that one that they chose to play. Well, that was Dwight's idea. And that's a very Dwight idea to play on hard asphalt. I feel like, Oh, did I, did I miss that? Is that in one of the several deleted I'm, scenes that you all hunted down? Well, I'm pretty sure he's the one that suggested they play in the parking lot. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. you both for that. You all did spend some time with the deleted scenes though, which I had not previously seen. And they do really just make everybody look uh, crazy, including Charles, who, once again, if somebody called offside in a pickup soccer game, I, I don't think there would be a stoppage of play to debate whether or not the call was correct. I feel like we would just be like, what are you talking about? And move on swiftly. So yeah. once again, I think that's evidence that maybe Charles is not the most accomplished of soccer players. Yes. Yeah. Or or when you extract him from the the corporate world of, of you know, corporate leadership, he's not much of a leader. Like he didn't take a side on like a ridiculous call like that. Like yeah. outside, he just was like, Oh, I don't know. I didn't see the play. And it's like, so you're seeing like this other human side of him throughout the episode. As, as soon as soccer comes up, it's like, it's a different Charles minor. He's even fooled by, by Jim, like by thinking Jim is going to get, do a give and go with a paper cup in the break room. Like you say, he didn't try to make him. He's like, Oh, this guy plays. Uh, and so it's like, he's just <laughs> clueless the entire time. Passes to his partner as well is, I think, the line that he says there, which I don't think I've ever referred to a teammate as a partner. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Charles does what Charles does. And now let's talk about the uh, the kick heard around the world, such as it was. Because, again, that is, like, I feel like played for, like, oh, Jim doesn't know what he's doing, and he obviously doesn't. Jim ducks, the ball hits Phyllis in the face. I'm still unclear if that was actually Idris Elba kicking the ball at uh, Phyllis. I think that's the actress's name is actually Phyllis. It is, or yeah. if they did some creative editing on that one. Where do you all stand? Is that a real kick or is that digital effects? I, I know. I found a video, a random vi like fan video, where the two guys that are like narrating, they're like, oh, this is CGI. Okay. Um, so, but I don't know. I mean, that's just one 
bit of evidence. It seems like that might be accurate, though. I mean, after seeing uh, Idris Elba's technique in the episode, <laughs> I feel like he's not that accurate. <laughs> he couldn't have pulled that off on demand. So you're saying this is another Ronaldinho crossbar situation? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The same technology. Absolutely. That was one of the biggest bummers of my like teenage years was, was learning that that was not real. I, I'm still sort of scarred by that. And I think this won't help me get over that. I also, uh, slightly topical, do like the idea, though, of like if we were going to go with Charles, is an accomplished soccer player or is sort of uh, like elaborately trolling the entire office. I think what we learned from Ronaldo yesterday is that when the shot is coming at you, you don't turn your back and you don't. Or like you don't uh, like get nervous. You get kind of got to deal with it. But Jim yeah. ducking out of the way. I don't know. That that feels to me like uh, may, like maybe there's a chance he knows that soccer players would normally sort of move to cover themselves and not completely duck. So in that way, it could be brilliant strategy. That said, shooting from your own goal line, I think he was doing, <laughs> also leads me to uh, to have some questions about Charles's overall tactics. Yeah, yeah. It, there, there was. I mean. From the very start of that whole sequence, there were questionable decisions made. Um. <laughs> we went over that. I mean, we were, you know, Brooks and I went back and forth on, and it's in the story. It's like a big part of the story. Why did Jim duck? And to your point about Ronaldo, like some, even professionals, you're in a wall and yeah. like your, your instinct is like, you don't want to get blasted in the face. You don't want to get blasted at all, but you're supposed to. That's why. You know, kids that are going to play at a high level are taught in walls. Like I was taught, you know, even from yep. my dad and playing in Columbia, like look down, you know, cover your essentials and then <laughs> look down so that if it hits you in the head or in the face, it's going to hit your forehead and it's like whatever. But that's so hard to do. Now, a, 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 an experienced striker in that situation, I, you know, he's, he cannot duck. He cannot duck. He needs to you know, take advantage of that situation where, uh, you know, a center back, a defender is trying to just blast it and clear it and hope for a deflection and, and turn it into a counter. But again, that's, that is Charles just not caring about basic 77 small sided etiquette. Like, <laughs> you don't do that. You not, you should never be ripping shots in small sided games because half the time it's like small goals and things like that. And no one wants that. So like, no. again, that's him just like, you know, making up his own rules. Which, uh, like, that was also, like, every now and then, because The Office is obviously ridiculous, but there are those moments when it connects to something that you know or care about that you're like, oh, that, like, kind of breaks the the veil a little bit. And in that moment, it's like, if ever, if ever after work there was going to be an organized pickup soccer event, which already is a bit of a stretch, like, it would be sort of like passing in the parking lot, right? Maybe somebody's in goal, maybe. And even then, it's probably like the person who played basketball or football is like, oh, I could try playing goalie, and then a few people kick on them. The idea of a fully organized team game, is that lo- like like uh, goofiness from the writers, or do you think that is the uh, the office workers all trying to brown nose so much that they're willing to pretend they know how to play small-sided soccer? I think a little of both. <laughs> um, I mean, I, it became clear before they went out to play that the whole office was trying to impress. This Charles. is true. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm also watching the deleted scene of them where like Creed picks the ball up and smashes it into I forget if it's, is it Meredith or Kelly Kapoor? Kelly, Kelly. Okay. Uh, 
there's there's a theory that I do sort of love. It's a bit heavy, so buckle up for it. Uh, <laughs> but there's a fan theory that like the entire office is actually suffering from radon poisoning, um, <laughs> because we know Toby later on uh, at various points is trying to leave the radon testing kits out, and Michael keeps throwing them away. There, I think his parting words when he goes to Costa Rica are like, "Please check the office for radon." And the theory goes, this is where it gets real dark, that I guess radon uh, can lead to brain cancer, which can fundamentally alter your character or make like certain parts of your character that much louder in comparison to the rest. And that's the fan theory for why The Office gets so much more cartoonish and ridiculous as the series goes on. It's because they all have radon poisoning. And this episode in which... Is this your theory? I think this is your own theory. (laughs) You can can find it on Reddit, and I promise it was not my username that wrote it. It might have been a throwaway. You never know. Uh, But, like, just the idea that, like, if everybody wants to fake it, like, I get that and sort of pretend like they know, but they don't. But the idea that the entire office just basically turns into, like, screaming children pretty quickly, (laughs) that to me is sort of even a little bit out there, even for the office. So I'm going with radon poisoning as my explanation for this entire episode, and I hope you all are okay with that, heavy as it might be. I mean, they all do play soccer like they have severe radon poisoning. That's what I'm saying. I'll I'll, I'll go with that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you all have any any more such uh, television uh, soccer breakdown episodes coming? Uh, we might. We actually might. Um, maybe not television in its traditional sense, but oh the you know the more visual video medium in general. Uh, we, we might do something similar on. So uh, keep an eye out for that. So- soccer really doesn't get that much representation now that I think of it. That's the like thing. It's, it's on traditional American TV. There isn't a ton of it. Yeah, but that and I think that's the point of this episode. Like I like it it was in our Google Doc. We had like we're commenting on this because I think BJ Novak, you know, Ryan, um, the the writer of this episode, I think he, you know, he truly hates soccer. You know, like and and <laughs> that tweet that we found from twenty fourteen where he says, I can't believe all these fair weather World Cup fans I've cared about soccer for weeks. You know, to me it's like he wrote this episode like this is American middle America and, and how they embrace or la- or the lack thereof this global sport, you know, and like let's put them out there and just make fools of themselves and make fools of this sport, this international game that everyone seems to be buzzing about. Um, so that's my theory. I think BJ Novak took it from that place and it just kind of went on from there. I don't know about radon, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's part of it. Who knows? I think that one, that theory, the radon theory is up there with the idea that Michael Scott is like consciously aware of how ridiculous his actions are. And he just kind of keeps being ridiculous because he knows that people like think he's absurd. And so he can get away with stuff. It's why his very last thing with Oscar is to laugh that Oscar has the lowest opinion of him because he gives him like a fake guilt going away (laughs) gift. So there is absurdity abounding in the office. We know that. And uh, I guess equally absurd would be coming up with your formations and tactics for this game, which I appreciate that you all both (laughs) took the time. I will take issue with uh, who who was it who had uh, uh, Charles Milner as the left center back? I did. I put minor there because, and we did, this was, this was debated. Um, you know, like my theory is, of course, it's like in 7v7, in my experience, it's like most teams put their, you know, quote unquote, best players or their mm-hmm. most technical players in the back because they're going to see a lot of the ball. Like 7v7 is like there is a lot of possession. You need to keep the ball or you will be chasing. And even guys that used to play like as attackers in college or something, you see them now playing in the back in 7v7. So I put him there because I'm like, with this group of players, Charles Minor will not touch the ball 
unless he's in the back. And that's why he, he assumes like, okay, I'm here. I'm just going to start ripping shots. Cause like, he's going to, if, like I wrote, if he could pass to himself, he would. And being in the back, like that's where the, the play starts. That's oh, where dude. the play ends. You've, you've, I've come full circle on this one. Cause I was like, oh no, he's putting himself up top or he's putting himself in the middle, but you're totally right. And now the, the shot makes even more sense. Cause that is the other thing that happens with, with the dude who shows up and is the best player for sure is when he plays in defense and his team starts getting beaten badly. He does end up just cranking shots from distance. And that maybe feels like what happened here. Like, I also yeah. love, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, he'll take it upon himself. Like, and that, that's, yeah. that's Charles Miner. He's like, okay, I'm and you know, he's, he's not a micromanager, but he's very type a, he's like, I need to clean up everyone's mess here. I know they, if I pass to so-and-so, I won't get the ball back. I'm going to play in the back. I'm going to keep the ball and I'm going to just rip shots. I really also enjoy Andy on the left side where Charles is. That does feel appropriate. He would want to be near Charles and like showing off the entire time. And exactly. Oscar is the number six also fits a lot of boxes. It does. I mean, the Oscar thing, you know, I think that again, a very key, you know, point of dialogue when Charles asks Oscar, the only Latino in the office to devise the tactics of that game, just assuming that he knows tactics and formations um, which I think again shows that Charles Minor really doesn't know enough about the game. Um, he just wanted to show off, and Oscar probably, like millions of other Latinos that don't play, he's probably very bad. But he probably has a base knowledge of the game, and so that's why we put him at the number six because I think he would understand what to do, and he would probably viciously go after Michael. Just party, <laughs> <laughs> party. Yeah, I think he definitely would. Uh, uh, does he really ask Oscar what position everybody plays? He does. He does. He says, "All right, Oscar, what position do everyone plays?" Like it's in. It's in. <laughs> right. In I the, totally miss that. He goes right to Oscar, and Oscar like is caught off guard. He's like a uh, wing, and that's when you know uh, who says leg. I forget who says Kevin. 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 <laughs> and then that's where you know Jim. Also, it's this moment where he is kind of like caught off guard because he says i think um left left something like that and he's like what left four left striker and so there's all these like you know the realities of everyone's like intentions it totally just like it plays out on the quote-unquote soccer field we also have another instance of idris elba's britishness creeping in there because i think he says left half to begin and I, and I don't think halfback is, is as common in the U.S. as it is maybe uh, abroad. So I, that, that feels like, on, on a tactical note, a good place to, uh, to end this conversation. Uh, a very serious and deep dive look at a, like, again, like a seven-minute combined episode of uh, The Office. But I appreciate both of you oh, taking Taylor, the time. We should mention, yes, sir. this article is free to read. It's outside the paywall. So every, oh, every listener can go check it out and, and geek out on The Office with us. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that you all also embedded the deleted scenes, a thing I did not learn until just this very moment and did spend <laughs> the 15 minutes before we started recording desperately trying to find them. Thank you both for that. That's, yeah, that's and, very and useful. What's funny is that like when Brooks, because we touched on this when we started talking, but like, you know, Brooks obviously has a lot of knowledge of, of the office and, and he, he was kind of coming up with like, he found the deleted scenes. He understood what was going on. I had to kind of catch up. And then I remember all of a sudden I just like slacked him those, those formations. 
um, from an app that I use when I'm like trying to figure out like Atlanta United's formation or whoever, whatever team I'm covering, I use this like build an app or build a formation type thing. And it just like blew, it was just hilarious to Brooks that I had done that. (laughs) It was awesome. It was exactly what I wanted. It was fantastic. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the diligence that's required right there. uh... Tactics. We need, we need to have the formation. You need (laughs) to visualize where they're going to be on the field. Um, I, moving away from this episode, have either of you or both of you read the uh, the oral history of Dinner Party, that episode? I think I did a while ago, yeah. And, you know, another big office sports moment that, that was an inspiration for this was obviously the basketball episode, which mm-hmm. The Ringer did an amazing video, 10-minute video, breaking down that entire basketball episode. It was fantastic. What, what's the takeaway on the basketball episode, broadly speaking? Um, that Michael isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Michael and Stanley aren't very good. Um, that, that Dwight was surprisingly good, uh, which he was. If you go back and watch that, Dwight is actually pretty good at basketball. Um, I feel like Dwight would be good at soccer as well. I'm not sure why. It just I, I have that like maybe it's the Germanness that he always brags about. I exactly. feel like there's got to be some connection. I was disappointed mm-hmm. that he made himself the referee. I would have liked yeah. to see him mix it up in there. Yeah, I think that, Dwight yeah. would be like you know Holland like. Uh, the German, the I'm sorry, the Norwegian striker that everyone that is just killing everybody. I think he would be like really annoying to play against, but like pretty effective. Yeah. And you would like you're like, oh my god, this guy is too intense. And look at him dominate. Well, also, you know, he has the the martial arts training. He gets his black belt towards the end of the series. It's true. Like Zlatan, you know, Zlatan is a is a major martial artist too. So he could have some Zlatan in him. I mean, that makes sense to me. We also know Dwight and Charles are both good at volleyball from the uh, company picnic, picnic episode. So we've got lots of athletic abilities in there, just maybe not when it comes to uh, to soccer. But I am really excited for whatever you all come up with next, uh, including if you just keep coming up with fictional 11s. That's a thing we've done on the Total <laughs> Soccer Show in the past, and we will do once again. I can't remember if we did an office episode or not, but maybe now we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to do that. Maybe, maybe one, one or both of you will have to come back on and help me draft an office 11. Let's do it. That's definitely All right. That's all right. Uh, is there anything else that you all have coming up that you wanted to talk about or promote going on at The Athletic these days? Uh, I mean, it's start of a new season. So we have a lot of cool stuff coming out for the start of MLS and NWSL seasons. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but lots of cool stuff. Felipe has some good... Uh, Atlanta United stuff on deck, so keep an eye out for that. That that checks out. That checks yeah. out. All right, well, we'll uh, oh, yeah, Felipe, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, we're just excited to get started uh, again, um, all of us, whether we cover, whether we're, like, kind of covering one specific team or the league in general. And, um, like, in my case, like, yeah, I couldn't I, – I, I just need the season to start. I need to see some soccer, um, even if it's still in this kind of weird uh, phase that we're in. But mm-hmm. I think on the Atlanta United side, on the MLS side – there's always like newsy stuff. I think the league is kind of like coming into a different era now. Uh, they're younger. It's younger. It might be faster. It might be, I don't know, it might be a little bit even more bizarre that MLS has been in the past. <laughs> we'll be definitely be covering that. And and I'm assuming you are uh, far less excited to talk about Atlanta United without uh, Frank DeBoer around. I know Gabriel Ince is going to be that much fun for you. <laughs> Frank, man, you know. You know, listen, Frank, he, when I, when I talked to him from his home in Holland, you know, great guy, great guy, you know, really fun, personal guy. Uh, after practice, if you ask him about tactics, that was, that was not fun, but um, <laughs> I did enjoy covering him regardless. And, and clearly, yeah, now with Gabriel Hinze, uh in Atlanta, it's going to be a lot, a lot different, but definitely looking forward to that too. 
All right, fellas. Well, uh, Felipe, thank you very much for taking the time uh, to chat with me today. Anytime. You know, you know where you know where to find me. I do indeed, Brooks. Thank you as, as well uh, for listening to my radon theories and talking some tactics when it comes to Dunder Mifflin. Of course, anytime. All right, fellas. <laughs> Listeners, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you again very soon.